Hey, everybody, how we doing? Hey, oh, stop, uh, stop reading. We're on the show here. Let's go. Oh, sorry, I didn't realize it was showtime. I was just reading our new prestige size spectral cover here. Yeah, a uh, little known fact. Um, it's not actually that big. Nathan's actually just two feet tall. That was just a little silliness. How Happy is Thursday, it going? Everybody. Lots of new comics that come in here tonight, including the one I just showed. Spectro got released this week, so I'm excited. I know Tyler's excited. Did you say happy birthday, everybody? No, I didn't say that. It sounded like it. I said, hey, everybody. Although that is true. In a um, couple of weeks. Oh, that is not stirred well. <laughs> I have to tell the barista to work on that. In a couple of weeks, we'll be the show's one-year anniversary, so that's kind of cool. That is cool. Yeah. Um, what are we doing for the one-year anniversary? What are we giving away? Uh, well, we'll give away something. I'm not too sure what. We still have the giveaway going on for the Spider-Man number one when it hits 450. Mm -hmm. And for everybody who buys a Spectro and for everybody who buys a um, Calculated Man, so they get that too. But I do feel like giving something away tonight because it's you know, a pretty exciting night for us. We had the Calculated Man announcement. We had the Spectro book come out. So that's pretty cool. So why don't we give this away tonight? This is the 1 in 10 or 1 in 15. I think I it's think a 1 in 10. Right. Although a 1 in 15 would make sense with how many copies we got. I think it's 1 in 15, actually, for these. Uh, the spectrum. It's the so only two. ratio. It's the only other cover that exists for this book. That's right. It Get is the set. A, uh, it is a another cover by Wandon, the artist himself, and it's actually Wando. one of the panels from inside the story. It's pretty cool. He just takes that one panel and you know, blows it up and does some more work to it. It's awesome. Again, free. Uh, it's uh, not free. It's in the prestige side. But this I'll give away to someone free tonight, and I think it will be whoever can tell us right now, the first person who can tell us who the cover artist is for our book of Spectro. And the Calculated Man, and we've mentioned it a lot of times and all over our face page as well, gets this copy of that. So Tyler, watch for that. I will. Got a couple people watching right now. Um, awesome. We've got a huge, huge night for books, so let's just get started. I had to last minute just add two here because we added even more after we went back to 204 Comics today. So shout out to 204 Comics for uh, helping us get our fix and a little extra. Um. And also shout out to Tags. I think uh, this weekend is their final recurring episode. This is, yes. Yeah. I'm a little sad this, but... Uh, Harold Duncan says Michael. Michael, oh, I need, yeah. I need more clarification on that because we know several Michaels who are artist friends of ours. Yeah, what's his last name? Uh, and it's not Angelo. Um, but you, you might think it is. Um... Okay, let's keep going here. Um, our first book here is from Marvel Comics, um, and we covered the first one or two parts of it. But it's, it's Spider-Man 2099 Ex Exodus number one, featuring Winter part. Soldier 2099. Oh, there you go, Berglund. Harold Duncan has won the Spectro 1 in 10 or 15. Nice. I just sent out his package yesterday, so... Oh, I'll great timing. Yes, that's awesome. <laughs> All right, so yeah, we're going to do Spider-Man Exodus. Yep. Um, this book is taking place in that crossover that is going on in the 2099 timeline. 
and Spider-Man is the main character in it. But this whole book itself, uh, written by Steve Orlando and uh, Dave Watcher as the artist, uh, this whole issue is about a new character they introduce in here, and it's the 2099 version of the Winter Soldier. Mm-hmm. So it's a female version. I think they call her uh, Winter Soldier 13, but I could be wrong. But I think, I think that's familiar. And it has, uh, uh, no, her, what, she's going to help out Spider-Man uh, as a favor to the Ghost Rider and uh, help take out this, um, you know, big cabal um, uh, Illuminati organization that we find out that's run by Norman Osborn. Mm-hmm. And uh, the whole event itself takes place because this um, meteorite kind of thing crashed into the, the desert and now has created this whole new, like, uh, uh, eco-environment that has this unlimited potential and you know, everybody's trying to claim it, and including like this cabal group, which is again run by Osborne. So uh, the Spider-Man and his friends are going to try and stop it. So it was neat to see them introduce this new character. Um, it's always neat it. to see a 2099 interpretation, just like when you get a Batman Beyond, you know, a different Beyond variant of a character. They, they, they're they neat to see, not necessarily right. all and, good, but cool always, designs. And it's always neat to see how they link it back to the original character, whether it's like an offspring or or someone else that just you know, knows the technology or yeah. whatever. So you see that happening in this episode as well, too. And you see a few other characters from the Marvel Universe that get their kind of like 2099 update. So it was okay. I, I liked it a little bit more than the last issue because the last issue was you know, kind of like we said, uh, uh, I won't say a it, retread. But it, yeah, it was. It was set up. It was a lot of nothing new. Yeah, but that's that's to be expected with uh, that type of issue, which was an alpha, right? Yeah. So. Now, do you prefer when they do these twenty ninety nine stories? Do you prefer them to have these little mini arcs once or twice every couple of years, or do, would you rather them do a one long linear story again? I don't uh, mind this format. I don't mind the, this this format for this book because it seems like every time they try and do a a like a solo series or or like a singular title of that it, it doesn't seem to last too long yeah um and then on to our next book uh amazing spider-man number two i, I didn't even realize but two spider-mans this week um yeah. which is, is kind of funny be because norman osborn was the villain in 2099 but in this one he's uh he's not he's not the villain he's been cured right remember him getting cured in the previous volume he's a good guy now he's uh had the evil like purged out of him or something yeah and um so he shows up at peter parker's apartment you know nobody's talking to him still but norman osborne's like hey you owe me a favor remember and he drops off his grandkids right harry osborne and liz allen's kids and for him to babysit so that was kind of a funny contrast um and then of course that's a small portion of it um he ends up meeting up against tombstone who's seen in the previous issue and nice to see tombstone is making a comeback in the comics he's one of my favorite spider-man villains he's a really interesting character and the rose in that too the rose and a different a different rose issue. though i don't think it's uh it's not the original rose no, no. um but overall not bad nice uh nice art from john romita jr um one thing i've got to say is it's when it comes to main covers, I do wish they reflected the story on the inside. Um, I don't care about variants. If they want to be something else, that's fine. But Mary Jane isn't even mentioned in this. You don't see her one, unless I had pages stuck together. Yeah. I didn't see anything. 
I didn't either because I was when I read it and I said the same thing to you. He doesn't reminisce or anything. It's just weird. Yeah, I enjoyed this issue much better than the first. Definitely. Uh, I think a lot of people were confused because they didn't know what was going on. This kind of explains what, you know, why people are confused, but they don't say what exactly happened. Um, and we're going to find out more as the story goes, but explain that to people, which it did it in the first issue. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I'd like to see where the story is going now with the whole you know kind of gang war thing coming. It was really cool seeing how um, Spidey gets caught towards the end of the story. Yeah. Which, you know, so I'd like to see that too. So yeah, and good artwork. And yeah, I've, I felt the same way about the, um, the cover too. Like it's a nice cover, but has nothing at all to do with the story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's weird. But I don't mind. I love the way that John Romita Jr. draws him. So, it's nice. Yeah, but why did it not look cool as Spider-Man fighting Tombstone on the cover? I think that's on the next two or three covers. Oh, there you go. No exaggeration. No, I'm, um, yeah. he's a big it's part of the story. No, no Star Wars books this week. However, I did come across a little bit of Star Wars news while doing my weekly peruse through uh, FOCs, and the first um, Dark Horse Star Wars comic. Is, their covers are released for it, and I don't know if I missed it before, um, but it's called Star Wars Hyperspace Stories, and um, it's going to be basically what Star Wars Adventure was with uh, IDW. It's an it's an all ages title, um, and there'll be more Star Wars news afterwards because there's shows and yeah. Obi Wan starts tomorrow and all that. Oh my goodness, yeah. Oh, well, Obi Wan starts tonight because I'm not sleeping. Right. <laughs> um. And we gotta do a diamond order tonight. Oh my goodness, yeah. It's gonna be a busy night. Um next up we've got from DC Comics. And if we're going through this fast, just let us know if you want to know a bit more. Like I said, we've got probably close to 18 books here tonight. So if you want anything in depth more, just let us know. Uh, but next we've got uh, Batman Fortress. Yeah. The first DC book of the night, and this one is written by uh, Gary Witta, and the art is by Derek, not Derek, sorry, Darek Robertson, yeah. with an A, not with an E. And uh, this one's a, is a, in the start of a neat kind of Batman story. Something has wiped out all the electricity, uh, which we find out starting in Gotham, and then we find out later on it's throughout the whole world, and everything's been wiped out like uh, EMP style. Mm -hmm. And um, we don't find out too much about it here, but we kind of find out a little bit it might be supernatural related like uh something has come in like satellites or spaceships or something so we don't really know uh superman can't or sorry not superman batman can't get a hold of anybody of course and especially superman and now he has to go and deal with all uh not just the world issues which will start happening next issue as he tries to get the uh contact with uh, other league members but now he's out there dealing with you no know, gotham with a um you know, with chaos, with no power, and everybody's been released from Arkham at the same time, too, because yep. they were all run on electricity, electrical locks. Before the generator kicked in, everybody got out. So, yeah, it's just pure chaos going on, and good Batman story, so we'll see how it goes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, just the beginning of this story has the makings for one of those really iconic Batman stories where it's, you know, sort of like No Man's Land, or, like, it's just Batman against Gotham. Right. Um... And this next one is one I didn't think was going to happen. I thought it was kind of interesting. And it's it's sort of spun out, or it has spun out, of DC versus Vampires. And it's a one-shot. It's DC versus Vampires Hunters. Right. Um, really good cover on the front of this one. Yeah, I like the cover. 
the story inside, I didn't care for as much. I'm kind of tired of the DC vampire stuff. Yeah. Little, I'd rather little see bit. them as dinosaurs. Yeah, that one wasn't too bad. That I think that good. comes out next week. I think, yeah. Uh, yeah. Matthew Rosenberg's doing the writing, and I think he did the writing also mm-hmm. just on the, the original story. I think he did that. the main title, too. And then uh, Neil Goog is the uh, artist. And here, it's a one-shot of Damien going around. Uh, he, Damien is a vampire, and he's going around uh, acting like a vampire, you know, working for the vampire organizations, bringing in and killing heroes and that, kind of like a bounty hunter. But we find out he's undercover, and when he does do that, he's actually rescuing the heroes as uh, you know, hides in like an underground. Um, yeah, he's acting kind of like Blade would. Yeah, uh, yeah, he's, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then... Um, and he wants to take out the, you know, he works his way in and he wants to work his way up to take out uh, as many vampires and their king as possible. And we find out is the Isn't their king, king is, uh, Nightwing or Green Lantern yeah, or something? Yeah, the king, the, their king is Damien, or is uh, Dick Grayson. So, uh-huh. yeah, uh, it's just a one shot. Um, no, it was okay. Like a little, one little extra bit to the story with these characters is okay, but I could have skipped it. I, I bought it because I, uh, I thought it was going to be cool. Cause I don't think I this was originally covers. in the plan. I think it was received really well and people really liked it. And yeah. people are super hot for Damian Wayne right now. Yeah. So they probably spun it off there. I don't think it was a bad addition. I think it was a nice supplemental. Uh-huh. Uh, but that that's, yeah. Nothing's too special. It was enjoyable. Cool. Uh, next here we've got... Something that we've been covering, or I, I guess you've been covering it for years. I, I've just sort of started reading it recently um, in the last few months, and very selectively because it's a very difficult. But from Dark Horse Comics, uh, uh, Hellboy. Yeah. Uh, we got Hellboy and the BRPD Night of the Cyclops. Yeah, this one is uh, written and a little bit of, no, no, sorry, not written and, but the written and story is by Oliver Valentine and he does Mike Mignola does writing as well too. Yeah. So it's a one one shot monster adventure and Hellboy is dealing with like uh this these people who are like fawn creatures. They kind of see him as like their savior, even though it's not him, he just kind of fits their criteria a little bit. Yeah. And he has to fight uh Aphrodite and it, you know, it has like a little adventure with some Greek monsters and that. So pure fun the way that, you know, with uh um, the what is it? What I'm thinking, like the historical figures of that that we like of uh, Hellboy. Um, it's back to where it should be, not like that one that me and Tyler tried to read and hated the Silver Lantern Club because it was just not a Hellboy story at all. Yeah, this is back to good Hellboy, so I liked it. One shot adventure, yeah. And Hellboy is actually, and I can see why he's so popular, but Hellboy's become one of my favorite comics. He's fun. I love I love stories with really deep, rich lore, and I like it when they pull from other stuff. Me too. Um, and um, can you cover something by yourself for one sec? I have to do something. I have to step away for one sec. Sorry. Yeah, Keep I up. can. Yeah. Um, let me swap these around then, because that worked out well. Um, we've only got one book from Image this week. However, um, hello. We've only got one book from Image this week, um, but before we get to that, we will. Oh, look at that! Someone has a pickup during the show. Naughty, naughty. Um, yeah. So we didn't cover this book, and we've sort of stopped covering Ice Cream Man because they're really good stories. We don't want people to be spoiled by them. They're really fun. 
um, maybe fun's not the word. Um, if you're a little twisted, I guess fun's the word. Um, I chose this to be my cover of the week. And I haven't even read the last, I think, two issues prior to this. But I continue to get Ice Cream Man. A, the interior artwork is always great. It's so bizarre. The storytelling is fantastic. And when I do sit down and read them in a big bunch, I really enjoy it. But I, most of the time, will choose Ice Cream Man as my favorite covers of the week. And this one is amazing. It looks so... Like the, the gloss on the eyeballs, it's it's amazing. And I think I saw one coming out next month, and it's even better than this one. I love these covers. Uh, oh, and I didn't change the dark horse. There we go, and I'll change it to uh, image. Where'd I go? Okay, there we go. Um, but yeah, so like I said, we don't cover Ice Cream Man so much anymore because it spoils the story. And it's kind of like if you were someone told you what happened during an episode of The Twilight Zone. It spoils the entire thing. And it's not new. Um, right? It's not new. that We cover, we bring attention to new stuff. Everybody knows Ice Cream Man now. Yeah. Um, <coughs> and Pardon. our next one from Image, the one that we did cover this week, um, it's not new either, but it's a sequel. And it's one of your favorite, uh, I guess, artists. I think the, they also write stuff as well, America and Delfo. And that's yeah. Unnatural Blue Blood. Right. Yeah, she's writing this one, and she's been writing and doing the artwork for uh, Sweet Paprika, which yeah. has been one of the bigger ones of the year. And uh, she does tons a, of A very dirty book, that one. But the artwork oh. is really nice. Even on the panels, you know, where they're not doing uh, adultery. Yeah, and this is one of those books that falls into that. This is uh, one of the first books, actually, where I uh, discovered Mirka and Dolphal's like, dirty art. And this is a continuation of it. Mm -hmm. Although she's just doing covers, she's not doing artwork inside. It's Ivan uh, Badalia, I'm sorry, Badarella, doing the art on the inside. And this is an adult theme with a sexual comic series, and it's a Tyler is a sequel. And it is uh, Anthropomorphic. Anthropomorphic. Yes. <laughs> it's okay. We'll dub it over after and post, and it'll be your mouth will be going, but it'll say anthropomorphic. Animal creatures. It's a world of them, and uh, it, it's very, very sexual. It's drawn sexual. Has a lot of sexual content in it. And what it is, the the main uh, um, character. I mean, you got to admit, for a pig, she looks pretty good. <laughs> right. Her name. She's a pig. Her name is Leslie. And uh, she kind of saved the world last time and had some supernatural stuff in it. And now there's something else going on. And she's involved with it again. She has horrible dreams and wakes up and stuff has happened. So it's neat. It's, uh, it's sexual. has a little bit of supernatural to it. I like it. It's, it's been popular because, like I said, this is a sequel. So Yeah. Um, and then our next book is also a little bit supernatural as well. Um, you, you might've heard some people talk about it recently. Uh, I know someone was just reading it about 20 minutes ago. Um, Spectro. Yeah. Um, and of course this is, I, I know it's automatically your cover of the week. I tried to be unbiased and choose a different one. It is um, my cover of the week. It is an awesome cover. It is. So why don't you tell us about it? We got four stories in it, right? Yeah, and I have a little synopsis on each story. 
So we know this is, again, done in the prestige format size from Aftershock, and it is done by writer and superstar artist Wong Do. So the first story is about a guy who uses a pretty much almost what we have nowadays, futuristic kind of app to help control his weight. So it helps him with like, uh, like the way the apps do nowadays. You know, they have scales and that to talk to you. They, they kind of give you positive reinforcements or tell you when you're doing something bad. Um, you know, they, they track everything, all your diets and that. And it gets to the point where it actually kind of you know, takes over his life and it gets to the point where if you don't do or it says, you know, there's there's consequences in that. So, again, a lot of these stories are kind of like uh, Dark Mirror, that series that was on Netflix. Black Mirror. Oh, sorry, Black Mirror. And then, or Tales from the Dark Side or The Outer Limits, you know, has that kind of weird uh, scientific, uh, you know, yeah. is this good or bad type field? It's a little bit more future sci-fi than Black right. Mirror is. Yeah, exactly. So, yes, yeah, more of a space scientific horror type. So that was the first story. So I really like that because, again, it gets pretty creepy what happens when there's consequences to not following the app. Consequences. Yeah. And then uh, the second story is, again, more science. And they kind of have a little bit of a common theme going through them. Some things get mentioned. You kind of hear it in some of the stories uh, throughout. And what the second story is is about the, the, the League of Planets. And they're a uh, like an Illuminati society that uh, is like very very science. All the rules are based on science, and each of their heads is a planet. And uh, in the last few years, many of us have known that Pluto is no longer referred to as a planet. Mm -hmm. So she and all these people in here are assassins and stuff like that. So something you'd see like with like uh, the Assassin's Guild type of thing, that they all have these giant planets on their heads as they sit around as like, uh, you know, masks, like the Court of Owls or something. Yeah. So they all sit around like that. And uh, they've had to, uh, they've all voted to eliminate Pluto because she's no longer considered a planet. So they just, they're just going to wipe her out. She doesn't longer exist. And they're all sitting there talking about her and that. And then something happens to... Uh, you know, kind of put a twist on that story too. So that's kind of cool as well. Again, all very space oriented and how they, they're going to kill someone just because science no longer thinks something. So, you know, you know we, we've seen stuff like that in the last few years of like evolution and you know, like even COVID and stuff like that. You kind of relate to it. Some people believe in it. Some people don't. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> what's the third story? Oh, the, the third story is kind of cool too. It makes me think of guys like, uh the guy from uh virgin uh whatever sir michael or whatever his name is and then uh, uh elon musk this kind of story relates to them where these guys have become the or even like bill gates and yep. amazon dude yep. Yep. he's got these guys have all become the most powerful and richest people in the world and then they start using their money to better science and then to you know become to keep getting bigger and bigger and bigger well this one guy in the story here does all that stuff and he wants to you know travel to mars and be the guy to um travel up the the tallest mountain there which is like the tallest mountain in the universe type of thing i forget the name of it mounts mount olympus moss or something like that it, it's a super real super mount olympus no it's called mount olympus yeah because of that and uh but it's a real place on mars and so you see you hear him talking about all the sacrifices he's done and all the billions and trillions of dollars he became the richest man on earth and spent all his money into this and it shows him like walking on this um this Martian 
Tara outfit, right? This, this Martian background up this mountain. And he's the guy that we see here. This is the, this is the, the guy that's doing this. So he gets to the top of the, the mountain, and this is all being streamed back down to Earth and everything with all his technology. And the, the suit's been programmed to get him there at all costs, no matter what. So when you hear him narrating, when he gets to the top of the mountain there and the, the helmet turns to you, he's dead already. Mm-hmm. He's dead. And it's just a skeleton that you know, gets up there, but he's still the first person to do it. That's all that mattered. So that was kind of cool, too. Cause yeah. That, There's a neat twist of, on that one. Yeah, that was, and again, that's the cover, and that's kind of like the spectral um, uh, mascot, kind of. And then the final story, and again, very space-related as well. You have a, a guy, uh, not a guy, you have a, a woman scientist who travels to the ISS, the International Space Station, and when she gets there, she finds out uh, all this staff, the crew there, have been uh, infected with like this alien virus. And they want to use her to, and to get back down to the earth and spread down there and become more powerful as well. So she's dealing with all these, this alien guy or this guy who's possessed by this alien uh, flowing kind of viral thing and uh, you know, trying to kill her and capture her and get back down to earth. And then she deals with that in a very you know uh, Ripley type of way. And that's what our cover is based on. Our cover for the book is based on that. It has um, um, these alien creatures here. That are, they're not aliens per se, but it looks like they're aliens. But these are humanoid people that have been infected with the virus, and now they're stalking out the rest of their crew there. Yeah, so that, and that, that's, that, that's that sort of where Michael's inspiration was, where it was like the dark, inhuman side of humans, where they were they yeah. they're human but not quite. Right, and and that's what like even like said all this like what we think is fur there. It's actually like uh, tendrils of flowing, um, like masses, kind of like a venom would be type of thing, or like a symbiote, not like a venom. So that's what these uh, creatures look like. But so yeah, that's the book itself. It's amazing. I love the the large format. I know so many people don't care for it. I know it's a little tough when it comes to shipping and it comes to bags and stuff. But it's so good. Wando's art inside. It is pure enjoyment to look at. Like the one story I was mentioning to you about the um, the uh, the League of Science, like the planets. Like this is like, mm-hmm. it's amazing. I like that page. Yeah, it's so cool. So everybody check that book out. Not even just from us. Just read it if you can. Mm-hmm. But I do appreciate everyone who do, does and does buy it. <laughs> do's and does. Do's and do's and does. That's the Jim Carrey talking. We watched Sonic 2 just before we went live here today, and I think oh. you, I think you heard too much Jim Carrey. Um, next, we've got here uh, five books, so strap in. Um, <laughs> five books from Source Point Press. Mm-hmm. And we had three, <laughs> or we had two, and we picked more up because that's what we do. Actually, I think I think we picked up even another book after these. Yeah. Um, so, and we kind of figured out last week that Source Point Press seems to be um, just be to be like a launching pad for everybody, or not for everybody, but for a lot of independent uh, artists and writers. Because the books that come out for them, each book is totally different, not just story wise, but artwork wise. Yeah, like completely different, and on different levels too. Some look like a little bit more polished. And some look a little not as polished. Mm-hmm. So I think it's um it's kind of like one step up. I want to say one step up from Kickstarter, like in a bad way. I think Sir's Point Press is a place that if you're 
looking to do like a horror book or a science fiction type horror book, that's the place to go and to do it. Yeah. So the first one we have here is Five Bullets, Six Men. Yeah. This one is neat too because it's actually a little bit thicker book um, with a square bound. So what I would call like a like a, a graphic novel or, or what I would used to call or what they used to call the prestige format in the old days. So regular comic book size, but just a little bit thicker and square bound. Um, but, but definitely worth it. It has the artwork inside. It's just like what's on the cover there, except it's in black and white. Mm-hmm. And it's your typical um, hard-boiled it's detective, noir. With, uh, you know, detective story with that crime noir feel to it. And a lot of it felt like to me when I was reading this, a lot of like a Tarantino influence because um, what this story is, is the five bullets, or sorry, the, the six men are, five of them are dead and there's one guy that killed them and the, and the detective's trying to figure out who and the five bullets are from the revolver that when one bullet killed each man and they're all sitting like at a poker table playing poker and these five men are all happen to be like five mob heads, some of the most powerful guys in the city. So getting them all in one room is kind of uh, uh, an achievement in itself. And um, yeah, it, it was good. So I liked it. So the, the detective, he's, he's just a regular detective. He doesn't, he's not on the cop force, but he's yeah. working yeah. with the cop force on this. He's a consultant. And, yeah, and he has to uh, figure it all out. So I liked it. Yeah. It has a neat twist, and that's why I think it's Tarantino as well. Like, has that Tarantino feel as well. Yeah, it, it's sort of got like a Sin City vibe to it. Oh, for sure. Show all the guys. Um, next, we've got book number two from Source Point Press. Okay, which book is that? Nightmare Man. Oh, this one I like too. And again, this one is a one shot. This guy on the front makes me think of Steven Tyler. Uh, I thought he kind of looked like more like um, like Lobo, but like not alien. Lobo. It's just the mouth. The, his mouth is huge. It just makes me think of Steven Tyler. He's got the big shades. Yeah, yeah. This guy's kind of like a demon. And this is a one shot as well, too. But it looks like it's kind of going to lead off into more. It kind of looks like they were trying it out. Yeah. And um, yeah. It's, really, well, this I, one's just a one shot. Yeah, that's what I said. Yeah. But it look, at the end, it says like, it looks like it could be continued. And I really like this one, and I didn't even know anything about it until I um, happened to see it at the store there. And again, that's the like almost with every source point book. Yeah, that's what I mean. They just seem to put out a bunch of stuff that's like, it's neat to see. It drops your attention because you do know nothing about it. And there's just so it, much. It's like what Dark Horse used to do, but they just took almost every like new independent property and just put it out. If people liked it, they printed more. If they didn't, they left it. For sure. And that's so when, their, actually their tactic going forward. They have a, a ton of properties they're working on right now. Yeah, if someone bought them. Yep. Uh, you got Matthew Willing doing the uh, writing, and then you got uh, Matt Robe doing the art. And um, I like the art in here. It very much like the cover. And this is kind of a weird one. It's a, a guy who's talking to his therapist, and he's had some rough issues the last couple of years, the guy, much like anybody. You know, he's gone through like, some divorce and... You know, his life is kind of in the dumps a little bit. <clears throat> he's trying to get over it. And he's talking to the um, to his therapist about this guy who he keeps seeing every day in his in the coffee house that he goes to every morning. And this guy is the guy who used to torment him in nightmares as a, as a kid. Like for years, he was what he was his nightmare man. 
And um, I mean, so, Steven Tyler kind of tormented my nightmares too. The dude's <laughs> mouth is so. So as he's talking to the therapist here, the guy is uh, describing all his nightmares that you know that happened. He remembers from being a kid that this guy is you no know, kind of seeing is is like bringing flashbacks up. And the therapist tells the guy like, this guy isn't really a nightmare. This is like all your stuff coming up now. This guy kind of resembles like him, and your brain's just like. You know, ca- causing is a trigger, and this is what's you no. Know, this is what it is. And he's like, what you should do is just approach this guy and just tell him what you what you're thinking, and then he might think you're crazy, but you'll know that you're not. And this will help you get through like some of these emotional issues. And the guy's like, well, whatever, okay. So he, again, he goes out for coffee the next morning, and he sees the guy at the table, and he works up some courage to go over to talk to him. And he gets there, and he kind of turns around and walks away, and you know, chickens out. But then he comes back and he talks to the guy. And he, he tells the guy all this crazy story and that, and the guy's just like, no, fuck off, what do you want, and whatever. And he, he says, okay, you got a minute to tell me your story. So he tells him the story, and the guy goes, oh, yeah, don't you think I'm crazy? Ha, ha, ha. Well, thanks, that's what my therapist told me to do. And he kind of walks away. He's like, no, I don't think you're crazy. And he's like, because I am that guy. <laughs> so it turns out the guy really is the nightmare guy. That's what it is. So what this guy is, and... He, he doesn't always look like that. He just takes whatever form people are afraid of. So he's kind of like Pennywise. So he just goes around and he's just there having coffee that day. And yeah, he just goes and that's what he does. He is this nightmare dude. So there's got to be more stories from that. So it was kind of cool. I liked it. It's a neat twist. It is a neat twist. Um, yeah. Another one that's a nice twist, again, Source Point Press, book number three, uh, Ultramax. Uh, we've, we've covered a few books that are sort of you know, in prison, you know, Shawshank, Redemption, The Green Mile, sort of similar. Mm-hmm. Um, and even some that even had the superhero part to it as well, which this one yeah. does. Yeah, yeah and I, it's it's a nice cover, and you were showing me some of the interior stuff, and it, it seems really interesting. Mm-hmm. I didn't get a chance to read this one. This is one of the ones we picked up last. Yeah, I didn't know anything about this one either, and I saw it, and I, the cover was cool. I, I kind of figured Ultramax must have meant some kind of super prison, because mm-hmm. it looked like he was in an outfit there. Yeah. So I picked it up, and this one was really good. It was uh, written by Doug Wood, and uh, Michael Picard is doing the art. And I, I quite enjoyed the art in here, very um, scratchy and rough. <clears throat> And this is a, a a supermax prison, but supermax in the sense that's like for um, uh, supervillains and you know criminals with powers and that are kept. They, they have like power. Like the raft like would be, in or Arkham Asylum. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But they're, when they're there, they have those power collars on that dampen all their powers. So this one guy gets sent there, and he's the guy on the cover there, the guy at the top, and he's a um, he's just a normal dude. He has no powers. <coughs> Pardon me. And he's there. Uh, his he's going to jail for um, he killed like uh, one of the best superheroes in the world. I think his name was Red Hawk. And most of the guys, or a lot of the guys in the jail, there were put in there by Red Hawk. So this guy gets put in there, and he has to deal with like all these different people that want to come after him. You know, other guy, other villains that want to make a name for himself. Um, all the people that run the jail because you know they they he killed the hero, and he has to still just kind of deal with that. It's kind of neat. Yeah. Um, it seems that Source Point likes these little twist stories <laughs> because um, next we've got Good Boy Volume 2, number one. And yeah, it didn't I, get I too many this... issues. I thought this would have been number four or number five or six, whatever it was at. 
Yeah, and I thought the same thing too. I thought this was number four or five, but apparently this is volume two, part one. Mm -hmm. So I had no like intention of covering it, even though I still like it. Yeah. But once I found that out, I, I did. So uh, you got Kit Wallace doing the art, and then you got Blanche and Gunn doing the um, the writing. And it's a new volume. Well, yeah, for those who don't know, the first volume, I essentially... Oh, you have it written? Okay. Yeah. So you got, you know, this is, uh, the first story is kind of like a uh, role reversal of John Wick. Yeah. So everything starts off normal in this world, except, um, you know, dogs can be like, like human Kidman. types. So everything's normal in this, like a John Wick movie, except at the beginning of the movie, John Wick gets killed instead of the puppy. And then the puppy kind of takes on the John Wick role and becomes like this assassin killer and then decides to go after the people who killed his masters. And then in the second volume, He's dealing with the follow-up from all that because, you know, just like in John Wick, he's had to burn a lot of bridges. So in this new one, it's um, it starts off in the beginning. You have this dog hitman squad that takes out a village of like recluse people that are living there, and it looks like people that are kind of like trying to hide and live under the radar and you know, maybe uh, redeem themselves for you no know, bad lives and stuff. And I thought at first this is where the, the good boy character was going to be at, but he wasn't in there yet. He ended up turning up at the village at the end. I guess he was on his way there, and they knew that, and they guess you know, did this to send a message to him. But for whatever reason, uh, these people wipe out the village in that, and I guess they like to send a message to him, and they're after this uh, good boy character, and it turns out he has some kind of connection to them, I guess, from his past life. Mm -hmm. So much like the John Wick movies, this is like the exact same thing going on in the next sequel, uh, but again with the dog. So again, it's pretty cool. It has such like cartoony art in it, and like no, it's kind awesome of harmful, though. They do such a good not, job. Yeah, yeah, this is a totally adult comic with swearing and blood and like total blood and guts. Lots of like it's almost like Garth Ennis action going on inside yeah. there. So. I, think I think books like this and. Uh, I guess like that that other one we had there, uh, whatever the uh, unnatural, have, mm -hmm. have really other than maybe Ninja Turtles, but like these two particular have made people realize that anthropomorphized characters aren't all super goofy, like well, cartoon characters years, like Bugs Bunny. I think people have liked that stuff for years, especially like anything that was kind of like sexualized and that. But if you talked about it or if you said you were a fan of it, I think you were kind of thought of as creepy. Or like a weirdo, or some kind of like, like not not a pedophile, but some kind of like sex freak, you know. So I just think it's less of that nowadays. Like even with something like this, there's a lot of stuff going on like this nowadays. Like I like a lot of like the oh, cheesecake yeah. art, or like the you know Archie kind of. This is from the seventies, even it was back then too. But stuff like this, like I said back then, was considered like like pornographic and or X rated almost, right? So yeah. nowadays it's just a little bit more open minded. <clears throat> Now, on to our, let me double check, oh, yeah, our final source point book, uh, My Brother Teddy. Yeah, this one I didn't get a chance to get the first time around, I didn't think it was there, and then when I saw it there today, it, it was there, so I picked mm -hmm. it up. And this, again, was another book that I had no knowledge about until the day of, yeah. and it's called My Brother Teddy, and it's written by Yarmer Francois. And the uh, art is by Tudor uh, Tristan. And it is pretty neat. What it is, is 
Uh, also, first thing that's really cool about this as well is the fact that when you open up the first page, there's a QR code there that you can scan, mm -hmm. and it gives you an original soundtrack to read as you read this book. Yep. I know Tyler said that uh, when I mentioned that to him that a lot of books are doing that nowadays, and they are, and that's pretty cool. But I don't know, like on, on the other books that I've known that they've done it, it's been um, songs, but it, real it, songs. Yeah, it's been licensed stuff. stuff. Right. Where this series, original soundtrack, it said. So I'm thinking it might be uh, some original songs, but if that is the case, because I didn't get a chance to do the, the scan, that'd be pretty cool too, because then it's like multiple, multiple platforms of new artwork coming out. Yeah. Well, lots of people read while listening to music anyway, or listening to... Uh, I guess they're like lo-fi beats or whatever, you know, just stuff in the background, right? Well, I think also, too, a lot of people nowadays, they consider the the media of comic almost like a one-step down transition into a movie. So when you have a, a comic... Comics have become a mixed media art. Yeah, yeah. And well, when you have a comic, when you're reading it, it's almost like you have a soundtrack going in your head anyways, you know, or or helps would help to set the theme even more like a yep. radio theme show or something. So, But let's get on with the book. Uh, my brother Teddy. So what it is is, you, you have this teddy bear, just like regular teddy bear, and this black kid. It's his teddy bear, and they're sleeping at night, and a thunderstorm starts, and you see some like maybe some tentacles or smoky tentacle things kind of coming out of the car, uh, the closet, and the teddy bear sits up, and he kind of crawls down and walks towards the closet, and once the teddy bear goes into the closet, he like he crosses into like this uh, into like a fantasy world. But once he hits the fantasy world, he goes from being like little teddy bear, like Ted, uh, you know, that Ted movie, that type of teddy bear. He becomes like the character you see on the cover there. He becomes like this big Conan type kind it of thing. It looks awesome. And it's really cool. Yeah. So you don't see him doing like a full on adventure. You just see him doing like three or four like splash pages here and there of like just multiple adventures in there. And it, all, and it says, oh, oh, he did this, this, and did this, and this. So this happens. You don't know if it's like overnight or if it's every night or what. But then towards the end of the story, he gets um, he gets kind of hurt, and he gets uh, he gets his crown taken away that he wins out there. And and then the kind and then the kid, I guess, it ends, and the kid's there, right? And then he jumps to like at the very end, a couple pages later. I guess the kid has come back as an adult now. And now he puts on like this warrior outfit of his own and he goes back into the closet. And I think he's going to go back in there and like free the bear and avenge the, avenge the bear and get his crown back in that. So that's kind of cool too. So I really, really liked it. Even if it was, even if it didn't have the ending there where the guy was growing up and going back in, it would have been just cool to see the teddy bear doing that at night and then coming back and being a regular teddy bear, kind of protecting him from the, the monster world there. But yeah, it's neat. I'm glad. I hope. If, I really if hope this were to be made into a TV show, I would see them doing split timeline, where portions of it are shown in modern time when he's going to save the bear, and portions of it are when he's younger. And it has that in the comic. Yeah, as well. that that's how I see it being adapted to a live yeah. action, or not not necessarily live action, just uh, series format. Yeah. But I mean, there's not a whole lot of him being as the young kid there because it it kind of seems like a feel like when you're in that closet world, the um, time goes fast type of thing. Yeah. But I mean, still, I mean, not as much as like a split thing like we've seen with like a parent, what uh, Parasomnia, Parasomnia yeah. Maze book, yeah. <clears throat> um. Next, and that that's our final source point. So good on source point for giving all these creators a, a voice. Uh, 
a voice and yeah, a platform really, because artists don't really speak. Um, they're famously mute, actually. Um, next up, we've got from Vault. I think we might have two from Vault actually. I think it might just be this one. Um, Fox and Hare. Yeah, this one I've been waiting for a little bit. I th it might have been pushed back a little bit. I, I think so. Thing too. We thought we'd seen this a while ago. Unless it was a one-shot prior or something or a preview. Mm -hmm. I can't remember. I don't think so. Maybe I think we might have... It, all, it does look very similar to that uh, Black Cat cover where she was in like an Iron Man outfit. Right. No, I definitely remember the fox and hair in the storyline part. But this one is uh, written by John Chisai and uh, art by Stacy Lee, and, and again published by both. Mm -hmm. So fox and hair. So you got clean and colorful art here, and you got a, a futuristic world that I know high, very high tech dependent. Uh, a lot of like modifications to the body in that. Uh, a lot of uh, almost a little bit of a matrix feel to it that you can program, you know, buy programs and you know, insert them to yourselves for kind a little while. Kind of cyberpunky. Yeah, it kind of like gives you power ups. And what it is, you got fox and hare, and there are two assassins. It's a male and female, and they grew up together, orphans. <clears throat> and um, th as they're out doing their their bounty hunter type of thing, they come across a uh, black market um, hacker who's broken into like this company who's like kind of controls the world type again, or the world, you know, kind of like everything future world, futuristic wise. It's always like this one company that kind of runs everything. And now this company is after them. So the Fox and Hare are going to uh, protect this girl. And I guess this girl is going to kind of release this information, like how this evil this company is. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of neat with these characters. Uh, again, these characters do have a little bit of history, uh, how they became orphans and, you know, with this company. So we'll see where it goes. I liked it. It was pretty good. Um, as good as I thought it would be. I liked it. It was neat. <laughs> yeah. Uh, next up here, we've got, um, I thought this one might have been Vault, but it's Scout. Mm -hmm. um, that's the, the app recount one? Yeah, that's right. Another Wicked cover on this one. Yeah, and this is a sequel as well, too. This is the big, or sorry, this is a prequel. It's a prequel. Yeah, last year that the one recount came out and it was about um, this uh, terrorist group called the Masses and they have like uh, these clown face that they always made, uh, wear as their group. And they were going around uh, uh, killing politicians and there was one guy who was the leader of the, the group and this prequel is about how this guy forms this group. It's his life story. Mm -hmm. His name is uh, uh, Phil Pontus. And he starts off as a soldier, then becomes a small town politician, then he becomes a bigger politician, ends up being vice president, and then ends up becoming president, and then uh, ends up leaving the office in a little bit of a disgrace. And then once he leaves the office, then he becomes this, you know, forms this terrorist group, which, you know, he kind of built up all these connections throughout the way. So neat story on that. Uh, when this book first came out, it was, uh, I guess this book's been out for a few years now. Because it's it's guess, been a couple of years. Because it came out when all the uh, original um, uh, recount stuff was going on with the last presidential election. Yeah. And it, they, I could be wrong. Um, I enjoyed this, by the way. It, it's just the one shot as well. Um, I enjoyed this, and I could be wrong, but the, the original recount, the first series, uh, I'm pretty sure that's been optioned for a tv movie streaming service i do remember that because it was it, a hot yeah I, I think i remember them talking about doing something but I, I don't know if it was optioned but i do remember hearing rumors 
that uh, it was being shopped around. <clears throat> yeah, I do as well. I can't remember if it was signed or not, though, but I remember it was a hot book because of that. So. And okay. next are, yeah, our penultimate book, right? That's your favorite word, penultimate. And animophorphic. Uh, yeah, animophorphic, yeah. Um, is recommended uh, for in 10 years? Uh, I don't think it's terribly violent, but some of the imagery on there is pretty uh I'd say it's probably spooky. as scary as any kind of Disney kids movie nowadays. Yeah. I, I wouldn't leave you with a kid by himself, but I think you could probably read it with a kid. Yeah. Yeah, like there's there's no gore or anything like there is and stuff like say Good Boy or something, but um, I definitely wouldn't say it's like a, like an all ages book. No, probably probably like a, if you're thinking movie terms, PG thirteen. Yeah, I would say like a, like an old like a Disney movie, like a Pirates of the Caribbean, the animated type of thing. Yeah, but it's definitely not like My Pretty Pony or anything like that. Yeah. Good question. Um. Hello there, Sam. Sam. <laughs> Next up, uh, definitely don't give this one to children 10 years or under, uh, Disturbed Dark Messiah from Opus Comics. Yeah, this Opus stuff, I guess they're going to be putting out quite a bit, or at least trying to put out quite a few new things. This is the second book in, I guess, two weeks that we've covered from them now. Mm -hmm. Last week was the uh, Death Dealer, the Frank Frenzetta uh, universe yep. they're trying to go build on. Um, this has nothing to do with that. This nope. is actually... Um, Similar style though. It's that darker. Oh, it's um, definitely darker. Gothic. But it's nothing fantasy like yeah. that. It's not connected to that Conan type of world. This one here actually is um, um where I don't have it written down here. Oh yeah, I do here. So again, it's written by uh, Tim Seeley and Lexi Leon, and I didn't know Tim Seeley was writing this. So you know, Tim Seeley is always good for a, you know uh, dark, disturbing, supernatural stuff, lots oh, of yeah. vampire stuff. Yeah. And then uh, Angel Hernandez doing the artwork on here. The artwork on here is really sweet. It's a lot of dark, um, uh, dark imagery, shadowy imagery. And what I really noticed about this at first, because, again, I had no uh, prior record, uh, knowledge of it before stepping into the store or right before the store, doing a little quick of, hey, what do I want to get? Um, there was some McFarlane covers for this. Mm -hmm. And I thought, whoa, that's weird. McFarlane is doing some stuff that's not um, no image or spawn related. And then uh, there's actually another book this week that um, McFarlane has a, a ratio cover for. It's the Department of Truth. So that is an image book, which is, you know, McFarlane stuff. But, I mean, yeah, McFarlane in the last little while seems to have been, um, you know, doing ratio covers and, and uh, variant covers for you know, other people in that, which is kind of cool. So, kind of like Stan Sakai and Eastman, you know, branching out from their main characters to do other characters. You know, that's kind of cool. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> so what this book is, is um, it's about a... The, the character on the cover there is 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 the Earth version of this character. It's kind of like a the, a spirit of vengeance. So it goes around for wherever it's needed. You know, from planet to planet, um, you know, cosmos to cosmos, wherever it needs to be. Um, and we see it here show up on Earth. And it, and again, it makes it's it's here to uh, you know help out in a certain way. Um, this book does have a lot of like. Um, what, how did I describe it? A lot of um, spawn feel to it. You know, a lot of spawn like kind of um, um, 
I won't say mannerisms, but characteristics, like the, the guy uses like a hell chain type of thing and that. So that's really kind of cool. I like the artwork here. Um, yeah, it, it's kind of neat. I just thought I, I never heard of it until I saw it. And when I did pick it up, I quite enjoyed it. So it's just something a little different. But again, with some familiar things that people like, like a Ghost Rider, Spirit of Vengeance, uh, the Spectre, you know, showing up as a Vengeance guy, and a little bit of Spawn stuff kind of mixed in there too, and some like cosmic stuff as well. So, I was just trying to look up here because I forgot to do it earlier. Um, I don't remember, and it might have been Eastman because he brought it up, but I could have sworn I had seen or read somewhere that. I, I I thought it was Todd McFarlane and a couple others, but it might, it might be some other creators where they're doing something similar to what SourcePoint Press is doing, where it's not a huge uh, indie company, but it's something smaller for uh, like smaller indie creators to, you know, like like exactly what SourcePoint's doing, right? It's giving them a platform. But I don't remember if it was uh, McFarlane or not. And I, I couldn't find it up just now either. Um, next here we've got our final book of the night um, whoop, clicked on the wrong one that wasn't even a book uh, next here we've got uh, Elvira in Horrorland and a really nice uh, homage cover I guess yeah. I would have finished that sentence cover and who's this written by? Or what not, not 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 who's it written by? What is the publishing company? Dean Amite. <laughs> Tyler, I won't say Tyler hates Dynamite anymore, but Tyler this is the type of book that Tyler would not like right away. Uh, because it's basically like a cheesecake book, but I mean it does have some classic property uh, character in it, IP Elvira. And I wanted to check it out because I'm an Elvira fan. Um, I like her stuff, much like I read that. Um, I'm more of a Morticia Adams kind of guy. Morticia? Morticia. <laughs> oh, for anybody who's an Adams Family fan, on YouTube right now, uh, the MGM channel, or MGM channel, I guess whoever has the um, the rights to Adams Family. Amazon. Amazon owns MGM. Oh, okay. Either way, but it says just MGM. Bought them. You just look up Adams Family on YouTube. They're streaming Adams Family nonstop. The original. The original black and white yeah the best ones so they're watching those right now but um <clears throat> yeah so that's sidetracked but elvira a uh, cool character i always liked her um she always they've had a few of these goofy little um mini series with her in the last few years um i read a couple before they weren't too bad i like the uh betty page one that's going on right now they have similar ones like that i like but, elvira and vincent price just for the I covers though yeah, those, there's lots of good covers, so that's why I wanted to check this out. There's lots of good covers um, for this one. She's an old lady now. like She's in her 70s at least. She still does still, show us. I, she still does uh, I, like appearances I, I just and saw stuff. her. She's doing a show this weekend at Comic-Con. Yeah. And she looks amazing still. I mean, obviously, she wears makeup and that, for but her she age, still looks she pretty, looks pretty great. good. Um, I think she's cool. She's you know, super funny. Yeah, it's a good book. Check it out if anyone's a fan of that. It's just fun. Um, that's all the books we've got. However, um, there is quite a bit of news. Um, first off, because I'm busy, I will pull it up on my phone. I didn't pull it up for the computer. Um, there's a, a Blue Beetle movie in production. It's one of the few that Warner Bros. hasn't shut down. And there's pictures now, uh, set pictures, of 
uh, Jaime, you know, the the younger Blue Beetle, not Ted Cord, who is rumored to be cast now, actually. Oh, not rumored. It was said for sure. Oh, is it for sure? Okay. He confirmed it. Jason Sudeikis. 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 Quit saying it when I say it. He's come. He's uh, been confirmed to play Ted Cord, the original Blue Beetle. The Blue Beetle didn't have any supernatural powers. He just was uh, an inventor. However, this one does. Uh, yeah, he and he has the blue, blue scarab. Blue scarab. And I personally, I think this is one of the most comic accurate suits I've ever seen. And I, I love it. I'm not a huge Blue Beetle fan, but it looks fantastic. So we'll see. Oh, maybe it's too bright. I'll darken it a bit. It looks not too bad. Yeah, it yeah. looks pretty good. It, it yeah. does. It looks... Uh, Whoop, where are we? There's a wider shot there. It looks really good. Uh, yeah. Pardon my not being readiness there. Um, another little bit of news is everyone was screaming and raving about how She-Hulk didn't look finished. Um, they have updated the trailer somewhere. I don't know where it is, but they've updated the look. Um, she doesn't look perfect still, but she looks more real. She looks less cartoony. Um, it's small changes, like they've added pores, like skin texture. And mm. even just that little bit, you know, her eyes don't look as glossed over. She looks more human, I guess. And um, we said they would do that. Yeah, it, it's subtle differences, but it's enough to make her not look um, creepy. Mm -hmm. um, and then the Thor trailer, we got to look at uh, God, God the Gore Busher. Gore the God Butcher, Christian Bale. He looked really good. I like that way they made him look now. He looks great. I'm I'm thinking I, it's great. Yeah, I think he looks pretty good. That movie looks pretty awesome. Yeah, Russell Crowe <laughs> as Zeus looks like uh, pretty funny. Yeah, uh, I pretty don't think he's gonna make it out of this movie. <laughs> I I don't. They showed some fight scenes there with Gore fighting against uh, a little bit against Thor and a little bit against uh, Jane and uh, quite a bit against Valkyrie. Makes me wonder if she's gonna come out of this movie. Mm. Um, but yeah, I liked it. it. Looked good. It's there's confirmation that Lady Sif is also coming back for this movie. Yeah, I heard that. Too. Yeah. Um, and then the big news to come out of today. Um, well, actually, there's one more piece of news, and it's a book that we actually covered uh, a couple months ago. Mullet Cop. Uh, it's it's yeah. being made for a show now, which is it's a comedy Scout, show. It was by Scout, and I said when that book when we were covering it that this book for sure with the adult animation. No, not pornographic adult animation, but the you know, um, mature animation that mm -hmm. you know, all the streaming services nowadays. This show has been picked up. It's going to be turned into it. This show I might actually watch. I'm not a huge fan of like adult animation stuff. Everyone assumes I would. No, be. you're more of a Harvey type. No, I like give some, hot I, stuff, I, Casper. I, whatever. I do like <laughs> that stuff too. But I, uh, yeah, I think I like would watch that because that mullet cop was super funny. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that's all of the news. Of course, there was uh, our announcement for Calculated Man, and Calculated Man's going to become a Hulu series, Hulu film. I'm more inclined to think series, given how it I, is. I have the, uh, the cover for it right behind us there. I yeah. have a big poster for it now. It's on well. screen, too. Yeah. Probably about the same size, actually. <laughs> um, but the, the big news to come out today, it's the start of Celebration, which is sort of Lucasfilm's uh, version of uh, like a huge press release. They do it yearly. Well, there was there was a couple sad things to talk about today. So let's let's do those first. OK, okay for sure. There was a there was a couple deaths today. Uh, Surprising. Was, pardon? Surprising deaths. 
Well, every death's a little surprising, I guess. But um, the one I saw which was really surprising was the passing of uh, uh, Ray Leita. Leota. Uh, he was uh, 67. No, I don't know how he passed or anything like that, but I mean, I, I enjoyed him always. I was surprised to see he was that old, but you know, Tyler did point out you know, some of his stuff. Like when he was younger, it was like Feel the Dreams, and that's yeah. like a 30 you know, plus year old movie. It's mm-hmm. not older, could be even older now, I can't remember. And so that was a, a big loss. And then uh, one of the performers from uh, Depeche Mode passed away as well, too. And he was only 61. So I mean, that, again, that's uh, you know, again, just some more. More celebrities and more people who were created. Stuff lots, for lots of young, lots of young deaths lately. Yeah, they're. I mean, they're not young in the sense that they're twenty-five or thirty, but still young in the sense that uh, sixty-one, sixty-seven. I nowadays, think average lifespan oh. is somewhere uh, upwards of seventy years now. Yeah, the lifespan has actually dropped in the last few years. Did you, did you know that? Well, probably with COVID. Yeah, that's that. Oh, even before COVID. Oh. Even before COVID, whatever reason it was, it kind of got to the point where it was, and then it dropped a little bit because we kind of reached the, I guess, the... The, the, the apex of human life. Yeah, that's what I was looking for. I was, was going to say the word, the alchemax. But I think that's the... That's the, <laughs> that's the evil corporation in uh, yeah. 2099. Yeah, exactly. Um... Okay, so celebration, Star Wars celebration, Lucasfilm celebration. I don't remember if they call it either one. I think it's just celebration now. Uh, we saw the first trailer for the Disney Plus exclusive Willow. Some of us weren't sure if it was going to be a sequel, a remake, a reboot, whatever. It, or it's even a, a movie, or or like or just a movie. Plus, yeah. It is a series, yeah. and it's a sequel. It's interesting. Mm-hmm. Warwick Davids back. Um, I don't even remember. It's oh, I was probably like six, seven years old when I saw it last. Went for Willow. Yeah. Well, Willow came out when I was like six or seven. Yeah. I saw. So I don't know if there's other returning cast, but I mean, everyone knows Warwick Davis. Yeah. Um, and then they they said that uh, Indiana Jones is coming out June thirtieth of next year. Which is weird because I thought that was coming out this fall. It might have been at one point. They they are filming it. I maybe they're not done filming. I'm not sure. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I I figured uh, I figured Stefan would uh, his ears must have been ringing there. Um, and uh, so where where was where was I at? It made me laugh there. Um, You're talking about Willow. Willow. Oh, Indiana Jones. So yeah, Indiana Jones Five coming next year uh they did confirm john uh john williams coming back to score it every yeah. time john williams says no i'm done i'm done they seem to rope him in again um but it's not by spielberg though i think this is the first one without spielberg could be yeah. but i mean there's oh, every time spielberg says he doesn't have a hand in it you find out he might be a producer or something well, you find out later on in some documentary years down the road that he actually ghost directed it yeah. or <laughs> Um, what else? Okay, well, some bigger Star Wars news. Um, we got a trailer for the Cassian Andor show. Um, I didn't think he particularly needed a show. However, he is one of the more interesting characters to come out of Rogue One. Um, who who knows? You know, um, I thought his arc it, it was started in Rogue One, where he started as a bit of a dick and. You know, got better by the end, sort of redeemed himself. 
because prior they talked like he was you know doing some pretty shady shit for the rebels sort of questionable if you want something done that's a little bit morally ambiguous you ask him so could make for an interesting show we'll see um Carol Duncan just said here too that the Alan White, the drummer from Yes, also died. Yeah, I saw that there, yeah. Um, and then we got a few more announcements for Star Wars. Um The Mandalorian is starting in February of next year, Mandalorian season three. Uh the Ahsoka show next year as well. Uh a Jude Law helmed series. I believe what, one was, what's that called? Skeleton guy? Skeleton, Skeleton crew. crew. No word on what it is. They say it's a coming of age story. Um, mm-hmm. It will feature. I don't know if it's specifically children. They said kids, um, oh, but I don't know if they mean it. younger. Here is going to say if Disney's got to have kids in it. Yeah, but I like Jude Law, so we'll I see. We'll see what happens. Um, John Watts is directing it, and for he was the guy that directed the last few Spider-Man movies. Actually, the last three. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I he's a decent director. I he was slated to direct the Fantastic Four movie for Marvel, but uh, <laughs> um, I'm he, waiting for them to have a spin-off with just one of those hog guys, the big green hog guys. Oh yeah, the the Gamorrean guards. Yeah. Well, funny. I mean, they had two of them in like several of the Boba Fett episodes. That'd be funny. Uh, I'm trying to think. There, there was so much announced and shown off, but it's going to be a, a whole weekend of it. Yeah. Well, yeah. And then tonight, like you said, at like two in the morning, my two, time, two in the morning central in California. Time. I guess three o'clock for people on the the East Coast, like Steph in there. Yeah, three o'clock in the morning will be the new uh, Obi Wan show. Um, you said you're going to try and stay up for it. I'll see if I'm up for it. If we both are up for it, maybe we'll do a quick little live blast at the beginning saying that we're up for it you're gonna be sleeping 10 minutes after the show is done well then i'll be up for sure then we'll see no we have stuff to do after the show i gotta go to do the banking and we gotta do a diamond order okay um got some more stuff to talk about though we yeah, want to do uh, a little bit stuff? yeah so okay. we'll do a quick one omnibuses because I'll, I'll we have deep thing. pockets apparently i'm okay go ahead Is what I said omnibuses, more omnibuses, because we have deep pockets, apparently. Yeah, we don't have those deep pockets. No, the change seems to just be falling down the pant leg at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, the J. Michael Straczynski run of Amazing Spider-Man from, I guess, 2000? 99? Well, it says on the back here. 99. Yeah, I was going to say like Huge, 90. huge, thick book. Um, yeah, I don't want to be too disappointed by obi-wan but we all know the the black lady there i think her name's reva or something or reva she's gonna get turned to the light and vader's gonna kill her it's it's gonna happen i'm just watching it for obi-wan to be honest um next we've got two mail calls some really nice ones actually uh asm it's my turn oh yours okay 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 yeah since Stefan there's watching I got these uh, earlier in the week. I uh, had seen somewhere, I think it was on Facebook, a page that was uh, had some um, autographed wrestling memorabilia. And they were showing Jake the Snake Roberts, which is my favorite wrestler of all time. 
And I think it's because he looked like my dad growing up. I just realized that someone the other day said that to me, but I'm not <laughs> sure. But I, the guy wouldn't ship to Canada, and I understand shipping the, you know, to and from the states and from Canada is a bit of a pain. It's cheaper now than it is shipping in Canada. Well, yeah, exactly. So now, uh, you know, with Stefan being out of Florida and that, he was able to, uh, I was able to use his uh, address there. So, and then they sat at the border for a good three weeks to a month. I know Stefan was kind of yeah. Didn't you buy these like a week or so prior to his passing? I think you had bought them just before. No, Jake never died. I bought them the the day after Scott uh, Scott uh, Razor Ramon. Razor, yeah, Scott Hall, right. So I got this one here, which is uh, uh, this one. I was from like they printed them from like the World of Wheels, and I remember that because my dad used to be in the printing business, and when the World of Wheels came to town, that his print shop there would print them out. And this, I swear, we had this one as a kid. I swear we did. Uh, Jake the Snake as a uh, you know signed for like a World of Wheels show. So maybe my dad can mention in the if he uh, remembers that. Or somebody else there, Jeff Duncan, I remember as well, too. And then this other one here, too, is actual photo of Jake the Snake and fighting The Undertaker in one of his more classic um, All we see is his crotch. (laughs) Oh, sorry. (laughs) Jake the Snake and uh, against The Undertaker and again signed by Jake the Snake. And these all have uh, COAs. They're all uh, been uh, authenticized. And this, um, this, stop laughing. And then uh, this one here, I really liked it because not only is it just Jake the Snake and the Undertaker, but it's the Jake the Snake, uh, the pants there that is like one of his most iconic pants there that I actually have the action figure for as well, too. It's like a WrestleMania pants or something like that. And yeah. this is this is like one of the super hard ones to get. It's actually worth a few bucks. And I saw that there, too. And this is one of the best pants of Jake I remember. Huh. The other best pants of Jake I remember is, again, this one. Where it was like green pants and he had like serpents coiled all the way up. I think that's what his... uh... That's the LGN figures and stuff like that. And that's what the one probably for He-Man looks like. That's the one I'm looking at, yeah. Yeah. And then speaking of the He-Man ones at the same time, and Scott Hall, you know, uh, rest in peace. um, I like He-Man stuff and I like the old retro wrestler stuff and that. And uh, I found these at Walmart this week and I have never seen any of these anywhere. And this is Wave 2 already, but again, it's a uh, Razor Ramon. In the wave NW 2 is probably, stuff. or Wave 1 is probably stuck on a shipping container still. Yeah, exactly. But we never heard about these even or seen them. And again, this is uh, Kevin Nash. And again, and they're NOWO stuff. And they're in the He-Man style. And they're also, again, like in the Superstar style. So in the old days... Also LGN by Mattel. Style. Yeah, exactly. From Mattel. And in the old days, the LJN, uh, all the wrestling figure stuff was part of the Superstar line. And that's what the Saturday morning cartoon, or not cartoon, but the Saturday morning, um, the Saturday morning uh, wrestling show, like before Raw and stuff yeah. like that. Their weekly show was called WWF Superstar, so it goes that here. And it says here, my dad says, we usually printed the Playboy Bunny ones, but I know we printed those ones too, because I remember getting other ones as well. And Stefan says, awesome. And yes, I knew he would appreciate that because he likes old, cool, retro junk like us as well. Okay. Last two. Now it's your turn. Last two. We'll start out, well, not heavy hitters, but some some gooders. Hey, my Jake's, Jake the Snake autographs are heavy hitters. Yeah, so are these. Oh, yeah. And there's the, the office. 
Hey, I thought it was my time to shine. You got lots of time for that, buddy boy. Um, ASM 134. First appearance of the tarantula. That pretty pretty classic cover. Um, A lot of people get this cover and appearance mixed up with uh, Spectacular Spider-Man number one. Yes, because they're almost identical every yeah. time. Yeah, similar to Ghost Rider's first appearance and then his first Ghost story. Rider one. Yeah. Um, and then two issues later, ASM one thirty six, another very classic cover. Um, a lot of the same motifs, like it's that yellow background, right? Yeah, yellow. Um, Harry Osborn is the Green Goblin. Yeah, I got those off uh, Dan Wallace early uh, in an auctionary this week. Uh, he's a Manitoba dude here. He does lots of, he just has tons and tons and tons of Silver Age books there. I don't know if it's his own Some people have time machines, I swear. Yeah, and these his books are always like wicked uh, condition quality-wise. So um, I've decided to uh, whittle down my, you know, what I collect and stuff like that nowadays. Um, I, do, I, I really have Tyler, so I'm, I'm stickling mainly to uh, anything that, like, all my new indie stuff that comes out, I like that. I always buy that no matter what, with or without the show. But I'm only going to be collecting um, mostly older Batman villains and my Spidey villains. So mm-hmm. just stuff like that. Oh, and, and of course, the stuff that we just showed there, like my, my 90s nostalgia stuff. So like your, yeah. you know, your all your 90s. Well, that, that's that's me too with, uh, where are we? Over here with all my... Uh... Yeah. Retro Spider-Man. I, I guess most of my stuff would be more 80s stuff too. Like I'm talking like the G.I. Joe's, New Transformers and your, yeah. your, your that stuff. But yeah. yeah. So. Um, that's all I got. Um, congratulations to Harold Duncan for uh, winning the Spectro uh, 1 in 10, 1 in 15, whatever it is there. Yeah. Um, this is why you got to tune in really early within that first 10 minutes. That's usually when we do our... Uh, well, that was totally spur random, you know. Yeah, you got you got to tune in early. Early bird gets the spectro. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna be putting up some funny pictures this weekend with those uh, big prop poster things I got. Uh, uh, please, everybody. Uh, I know we we keep saying it. I hate saying it. I don't. I'm not a guy that likes to be a pushy salesman, but we have to do it. You know, please buy our books. Um, they're pretty cool books, actually. I don't. I don't just do. Uh, you know random covers on on you know, things that are just like well the, the thing book. with the books we we aren't doing it to make money it's funding the next book and we're doing it off well, of we want to make money it's just at the moment we're not in we're well i mean we want that, to make yeah. money i'd rather just have a, yeah. a catalog of stuff that you well, know no, say we've true. had a hand in and uh and, and yeah it, it's been a great year of you know meeting people especially talented people and now working with these people so um uh, we've supported you guys lots i hope you can support us and uh, i support everybody around everybody well, i just think we should like uh, uh stefan told me one time um and i it really changed my way of seeing things and you know, throughout the world is that it's like um if you, if you support everybody everybody gets better around us you know if one um, fails everyone fails yeah, exactly. Same type of thing. So, yeah, we'll keep doing that. And, and speaking of that, too, again, uh, kind of rounding things up, this is the last weekend for the the uh, regular shows for the tags. But not to worry, anybody who likes that kind of you know, flavor of stuff, of creativity, we're switching over to the Things Are Getting Dicey show, which I guess would be tagged. 
um, instead of tags, tagged. So uh, it's me and Stefan playing the show on. So we're going to have a lot of no not daddy flavor in there. Um, and it is a D&D show. So everybody who you know wants to see some, some hilariousness, some D&D stuff, um, it'll be fun. It's it yeah it'll be a fun relaxing anyone that's played D and D they'll they'll enjoy it and in anyone that hasn't it's a good experience to watch it and see right. what shenanigans goes on and it will be on the following Saturday I believe June fourth and it's not going to be um, just like a, a camera on a, you know, a board type of thing Stefan's a pretty technical guy um, it'll be on the Roll Twenty platform so it's yeah, all it's done be, digitally it's, it's like, very very neat. Yeah, it'll be animated, and it's going to have some, you know, movement in that, and, and you'll just see some, just some fun stuff in general. Like, I know the people who are uh, going to be playing, I know them through the, the tag site, and the tags group, and they're all fun people, and they're all going to be putting a ton of effort into it, so it should be good. So everybody check that out, too, but that's after this week's of tags. Um, I don't know what else to say besides, you know, support our channel, support all our friends, support all of you. Yeah, any way you can. That's beautiful. Thank you. I have to wipe a tear. Thanks. All right, everybody. Um, maybe I'll jump on again. Maybe we'll do something, just a quick little review of Obi-Wan. Maybe sure. we will like it and pretend it never existed. Who knows? Oh. Uh, Stevan will come at you for the, uh, the critical review on, I'm sure, the tags page or his oath page. So be sure to check that out. Yeah, I'm just going to go back to the end of the book. I quite enjoy it. All righty. We'll uh, see everybody later.